You're listening to Life in the Trenches, relatable, faith-filled conversations about everyday life to encourage and connect. Because at the end of the day, we're all in this life together. Welcome back. I'm your host, Melissa Sharp. So on any given Sunday morning, you can find a team of volunteers getting busy in the large commercial kitchen in our church building. There's a series of teams and they rotate shifts from those who do the food preparation to those who do all of the assembly and the distribution. Hundreds of healthy bagged lunches are prepared for delivery to another church plant project that sees these lunches get into the hands of the city's most vulnerable people who are without food, shelter, and support, the homeless. I was on the assembly team working with a few other individuals to get the sandwiches finished, everything bagged and properly labeled. I had already goofed up once, so I was trying really hard to make sure that I put the right bagged bread in the correctly labeled paper sack, white and whole wheat. My friend had told me that we used to put one of each type of sandwich in the bags together, but not everyone liked that. And when these two sandwiches may be the only actual meal they'll get in a week, eating both of them is important. Now, let's be honest. The average person, the average thought might be, it's a free lunch. Yes, they're homeless. Are they really going to complain about the bread? Well, that's what I thought. Briefly, it's the ugly part of the human condition. When you don't walk in another person's shoes, you really don't have the right to an opinion on how they walk. But there was a woman working with us that day who was older and wiser and kind. And before I could even finish my thought, she said out loud, it is important. They get so few choices in life. At least they get this one. Her comment was so profound because in that moment of stuffing napkins and spoons into a brown paper sack, she gave these people more than lunch. She gave them their dignity. Statistically, we're told more than 235,000 people in Canada experience homelessness in any given year. And between 25,000 and 35,000 people might be experiencing homelessness on any given night. Homelessness can encompass a range of circumstances, including living on the streets or in places not meant to be lived in, staying in overnight or emergency shelters, living temporarily as a hidden homeless person, so someone who's couch surfing with friends or even with strangers, someone staying in a motel, a hostel, or a rooming house, and someone who might be residing in a precarious or inadequate housing situation. According to the National Alliance to End Homelessness, 
by January of 2019, 17 out of every 10,000 people in the United States were experiencing homelessness on a single night. That's an estimate of over 500,000, 554,000 to be exact, for the country's population. There are many reasons why people become homeless. Losing your job, a family breakup, family violence, mental illness, poor physical health, substance abuse, physical, sexual, or emotional abuse, just to name a few. But the defining reason is the loss of housing, literally losing their home. This can and does happen more than we'd like to think. In countries around the world, many lose their homes due to civil war and political unrest. Here in North America, many lose their physical homes due to unsafe living conditions, including structural damage, disease, infestations, and overcrowding, city eviction, slumlords. Then there are the building owners who sell to upgrade to luxury condos or higher rental units. When property line incomes can't compete with home rents and mortgage rates, many find themselves without a roof over their heads. In the U.S., with privatized health care and so many citizens unable to afford adequate health insurance, a devastating diagnosis can sink a family so far into debt they literally have nothing left but the hope of their loved one's survival. It does happen each and every day. Every article I read and research that I dug into, it was stated that it's important to understand that no one is safe from experiencing homelessness, and it can happen to anyone. I remember back in the financial crisis of 2008, driving through my neighborhood and seeing these uh, government-type eviction notices from the bank that were stamped, taped to the front of windows and doors of people who literally lost their homes. That was shocking to me because it was something that I had never seen before. Men and single women make up a good portion of homeless individuals, as mothers with young children are often first to receive help in shelters. I would venture to guess that the loss of dignity and helplessness are the hardest issues to face in our humanity when we feel lost and alone. I don't think we can imagine what it feels like to lose everything until we actually do. I remember an acquaintance who had lost everything in a devastating house fire sharing with me that there are very little words to describe the emotions you experience with that kind of tragedy. Your security is stripped from you and your fate feels like it's in the hands of others. You are no longer the captain and the boat has long sunk under your despair. There's an organization at work in Toronto, one of the busiest and most populated cities in North America. It's called Fred Victor. For over 127 years, they've been helping homeless persons find place and purpose. On their blog, I read an article titled, Negative Perceptions Hurt, 
attitudes towards the homeless. I quote from their website, Many stigmas and myths have led to prejudice against homeless people. However, these assumptions are often incorrect and very hurtful to people who are experiencing homelessness. In most cases, homelessness is not a choice. Many homeless people are forced to live on the streets because they faced eviction, lost their house in a market crash. Others are forced into homelessness because they struggle with mental illness or addictions. These struggles can make it difficult for them to live on their own and take proper actions to keep a roof over their head. The article continues to state the biggest misconceptions about homelessness. I quote, homelessness and poverty are choices. Who would choose this as a lifestyle? Homeless people are all drug addicts. Though one can turn to substances to help cope with their situation, it's often for mental illness that causes one to fall into addictions. Homeless people are lazy. They want to work, but with no access to clean clothes, personal hygiene like showers, or transportation, they can't find employment. Homeless people are violent and dangerous. Nope, they're mostly victims of violence and often have to defend themselves on the streets. Homeless people are criminals. Though many have criminal records, it's often because they get arrested for loitering and trespassing, a consequence of trying to find a place to shelter. And homelessness encourages people to take advantage of the system. The truth about this misconception is that most homeless individuals don't receive any help from the welfare system. And if by chance they do, they don't get enough money to cover rent and living expenses like electricity and gas bills. How are they going to receive social assistance if they don't have an address to send it to? I remember years ago, my husband and I encountering a young couple our age who found themselves in this life situation. I believe someone had brought them to the church on Monday evenings to an alpha group. It was less about teaching them about faith and more about giving them a hot meal. Our friend brought them and wanted to give them the home-cooked meal that came with the course. I don't recall many of the details in meeting them, and we never saw them again after the course ended. But I do remember the feelings that came with it. They were living in a local park that had erected a small camp of sorts for those in need of some shelter. We didn't have much to give them, but we did have something they needed, a new tent that didn't have any holes or missing pieces that they could use to sleep in. We gave them what we could, and I think it meant as much to us as it did to them. Ask the average citizen, and you'll find that we all wish that there was more we could do to fix the problem and make life better for someone. If I had the money, a common phrase. But if I've learned anything about perspective, it's that actions speak louder than words. Yes, I've said it before, perspective is important, but it doesn't change our present circumstance. I know that the haves need to help the have-nots. 
I know that money makes the world go round and can help affect change. But I know that I don't have a million dollars. Money doesn't fix all our problems, not even homelessness. Regardless of that fact, if I have something to give, I'm called to give it with a grateful heart. When I toss some coins in a can for the soul peddling on the corner, it's not my place to question where the coins go or how that soul's identity went from person to peddler in the first place. Whatever the situation or circumstance that led a person to lose everything, there are gifts that we can give that mean more to the human spirit than a bagged lunch, dignity, choice, and support. The old saying goes, where there's a will, there's a way. And we will all find a way to help make the world a better place. And for my older, wiser, and kind friend, she made a difference by changing my perspective with a few simple words voiced out loud at just the right moment. And for that, I am grateful. Thanks for listening today. I hope you can find a way to make the world around you a bit of a better place. Whether it's making sandwiches or putting coins in a can, doing it with love to give others their dignity is one of the greatest gifts that we can give.